I want to read from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for the short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as the greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his new world. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He perseveres because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyers of firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. This is the word of God. We are uh, doing imitating a faith ancestor series based on Hebrews chapter 11. As you know, there are many uh, Hall of Fame faders. I don't know how to say it, but there are many ancestors, faith ancestors, who live uh, their life uh, for us. And for KM, I cover uh, life of Noah, Abraham, and Moses. And this morning, I cover Rahab. We are a little bit behind. KM is a little bit behind. I'm going to talk about Moses today. As you know, Moses is the one who... <clears throat> Receive Ten Commandments. I mean, imitating the Moses is not really easy, right? He is the guy who received Ten Commandments. Not only that, he wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, which he called the Pentateuch. I mean, he literally received the word from the Lord. We try to imitate him. Not only that, he read the uh, people of Israel from the bondage of Egypt. He read more than two million people. He uh, displays leadership. Man, he was the man of God. And we try to imitate him. Can we do that? No? <laughs> yes, of course we can do that, right? I mean, he didn't have faith to begin with. He was a little baby, right? But as we grow older, like, just like Moses, we can develop the faith. By exercising our faith, just like, you know, when you exercise, you build your muscles, right? right? We're going to build our muscles of faith. So we're going to be like Moses. We're going to be like Noah. We're going to be like Abraham. Amen? Uh, what happened to Moses? How did he develop the muscles of faith? You know, there are many elements I'm sure there have been answers for that, but one of the answers could be that he answered to the uh, life's important questions. As I titled the message, Life's Important Questions. He answered to those important questions in life. So if we can answer the same question that he received, if you can answer, uh, if you can give the right answer to God, we too can live life of faith. He impact his generation, right? You and I, we could impact this generation with the faith. What kind of question was that? First question was, who am I? That was the question that Moses answered. 
As you know, the Moses story began like this. Israelites who settled in Egypt. Remember the, the Joseph? We, we talked about Joseph, but he was the most, one of the most powerful person in Egypt. But many years passed, nobody remembered Joseph. And they became slaves in Egypt. They were so productive. You know, you know they were having many babies. So Pharaoh, who king of the Egypt, he got threatening by these Jews. They were numbers. They were, you know, like populated, overpopulated. So those Jews' baby who was born in that time, they were, he ordered to kill them. And that setting, Moses was born. And when you look at the text, he was not an ordinary kid, ordinary baby. That's why mother and father decided to keep the baby. They supposed to kill the baby, but they kept the baby. As the baby's growing up, getting bigger and bigger, you know, baby cries, right? And the sounds of the cry was bigger and bigger. They couldn't hide him anymore. So they made the smallest boat and sent him through the, Nile of, the river of Nile. And that particular time, Pharaoh's daughter was taking a bath in the, the river of Nile. And when she saw the baby, I think it was Garu, stimulating her mother's instinct, she wanted to keep the baby. She wanted to keep the baby. That's why Moses became adopted child of Pharaoh's daughter. And they need someone to nurture the baby, right? So they, she hired nurturing mother who happened to be Moses' biological mother. So Moses, he grew up in two different cultures. He grew up as prince of Egypt, as a pharaoh's daughter, and same time nurturing by his own biological mother, whom she gave him Jewishness, teachings about you know, faith. So when he get older, I'm sure Moses had a, you know, identity issue, identity Christ. You know, some of us living in America, I, I noticed that we, uh, like we have many Korean Americans here, and I noticed, you know, we struggle with our identity issue. I think it was 2002 when World Cup took place, there was a game between Korea and USA, Team USA. I, you know, as a first-generation Korean, no struggle whatsoever. I don't have any struggle. Hey, of course I'm cheering for Korea, you know, like, you know, even though I'm living in America for many years. But I noticed some of the second-generation Korean Americans, they were struggling. Whom should I be cheering for? You know, I, I, you know like, that's, that's a similar kind of thing, identity issue. Who am I? Moses had to answer this important question, who am I? This is so crucial question because by answering the question, his future was pretty much determined. You know, by answering this question, our future is pretty much determined. If Moses was Egyptian, he had to lie to himself and others. 
but he could live comfortably as a prince of Egypt. All the fame, all the possession he could enjoy. But if we reveal his true self, he could get humiliation, maybe kick off from this palace and live as slave less, you know, as less of his life. He had to answer this important question. It's, but seeing his country, fellow the Jews being mistreated, he could not continue to uh, lie to himself. So he had to answer. His conscience didn't allow him to just stay as he, he was. So he had to make decision. And because of this, this decision, Moses had to pay the price of 80 years. And that has to do with his important question, who am I? Look at the verse today. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That was his decision. He refused. In Greek, it means to reject, to deny, to totally disown. That's what that means, totally disown. Moses just couldn't continually lie to himself and live comfortably in Egypt. Therefore, he had to make the decision. Moses heard the voice from the Lord. God was speaking, spoke to him through his conscience. But it was God who spoke to him. And we need to also hear the voice of the Lord. You know, we hear so many messages, right? Your own self is telling you the message. And you can hear from others. But we need to hear the message from the Lord. We tend to identify ourselves by our possessions, position, and our achievement. Like, for example, I'm a pastor, but that's not who I am, right? Who really I am. This is how much I got, but that doesn't define you, real you, right? You know, I got this degree. I achieved these things. That doesn't mean that's you. We need to see, we need to hear from the Lord who really you are in Christ. I recently watched a Korean movie called Perfect Stranger. Probably none of you guys watched the movie. It was newly released in Korea. I, I watched it with my wife. I enjoyed the movie. Stories about this. Lifelong friends gathered together one dinner. They were having a dinner. And one friend suggested the game. They put the, all the cell phones on the table. Whatever the message they get, whatever the phone call they get, they have to open it up. Like if somebody's calling you during the dinner time, you have to put on speakerphone and talk to the person. As if you're talking there in a one-to-one. And they've been known for so many years. They're discovering the secret of each person's life. I mean, they were, they were marrying for many years. They didn't know their husband's and wife's secret life. Movie ends with this quotation. Every one of us has a public life, private life, and secret life. That's the, how the movies end. I agree. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that statement. Every one of us has a public life, private life, and secret life. I agree that we do have that. But if we continually keep that life differently and not try to close the gaps, you know what? We'll end up become crazy. Not only that, we'll be the one who deceiving ourselves. Do you know? Satan is not only a liar. But sometimes we become 
a liar. We become deceivers. And we should not deceive ourselves. We have to hear what truth is talking to us. Remember uh, Pastor uh, Olim, who visited us and spoke to us? He's, he's in from Manila. Last trip that I went to the Philippines, I visited him. Because, uh, you know, we, we've been known each other for many years. And recently he shared his struggle. Because one of the leaders, the mentor that he really admired, he was having an affair for five years. He was so disappointed. I mean, he was the... He considered him as a man of God, and how can we do live that kind of double life? And he was so disappointed. He kind of sent me the you know email and pray for me. You know, I'm kind of confused and I'm, I'm having a hard time. So I wanted to meet him and have a, you know like personal conversation. So I went to Manila and have breakfast with him, and we talked. And I, I suggested him, you know, we're not supposed to trust anybody. <laughs> we gotta trust God, man. Not we don't put our faith on person. And he was sharing the victory as part. But Pastor Ken, you know, I was kind of confused, but I went through this uh, seminar, and he mentioned about freedom ministry, victory ministry, and mentioned about the author, whom I'm very uh, aware of, familiar with, Neil Anderson. He talks about, uh, you know, through that seminar, I experienced second conversion experience. He was kind of exciting to share that. Oh, okay, I'm glad. You're not back in track and, you know, you're doing your ministry and all that. Yeah, I kind of encourage him. And, and I wanted to look at the passage again, what Neil Anderson's, you know, the ministry. So I look at, look up there again. And this is what he called true encounter. You know, we have to encounter, we, uh, we have to encounter with the truth. And, and let me just read this, okay? Who am I in Christ? Who are you in Christ? Okay, this is who you are. If you gave your life to Jesus Christ... This is who you are in Christ. I am accepted in Christ. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord and one with him in spirit. I have been bought with the price. I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I'm a saint. I have been adopted as a child, God's child. I've been direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I've been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I'm secure in Christ. I'm free forever from condemnation. I'm assured that all things work together for good. I'm free from any condemning charges against me. I'm not, I cannot be separated from the love of God. I've been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am confident that the good works God has begun in me will be perfected. I am a citizen of heaven. On and on and on and on. I mean, as I was reading it, just reading it, I was like, wow, that's who we are in Christ. That's the truth. We hear so many lies, so many deceptions. You are the worst enemy. I mean, like telling yourself, you are nobody. Look at you. You are a loser. <laughs> no, no, no. We have to open our ears to hear the voice of God. God is telling if you gave your life to Christ, it's not about us. It is about all about him. By his redemptive work, we are who we are in Christ. Second question Moses had to answer that was, what are my choices? 
What are my choices? Our lives determined by what kind of choice we make. Our lives determined by what kind of choice we make. Look at the verse 25. Moses chose to be mistreated along the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Is it dumb or what? He chose to be mistreated? You know, we cannot blame on others for the life that we live. We have choices for our own. God has given us free will. Christianity is not about, you know, keeping the bunch of rules. It's not about, you know, don't do this, don't do that, so I better not do this, I better not do that. That's not what Christianity is about. Do you know how to get rid of all the negative things? Just take it in the positive things. It's a matter of choose, matter of choice we make. What do you choose? Me and my household will, will choose to worship God. I, I choose Jesus Christ. What do you choose? We choose Jesus Christ. You know, this is a very emotional passage for me. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was an ordinary kid. And they weren't afraid of King Seth. You know, it wasn't really Moses' parents who kept the Moses. It was God, wasn't he? Right? It was God who chose Moses, right? And following passage, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, I like that expression, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That means, which means, now he chose God, right? When he was a little baby, God chose him. But now as he grown older, he chose God. Man, that really touched me. Yes, We've been Christian many years, right? We grew up in church. Now, we have grown up. Now it's your turn, our turn to choose God. What is your choice? Where God is calling you? What what task God has given to you, your hand? You know, to me, Recently, God has given me this desire to ministering to foreigners living in Korea. As an immigrant church, I think that is our job. Because when I, you know, like nowadays, over 2.5 million foreigners are living in Korea. Most of them are, you know, uh, foreign workers, laborers, and, and exchange students, and students, and the mixed uh, families, and they're over 2.5 million. And I guess church in Korea, they don't really have a desire for them. So I've been raising my boys recently. Last trip that I went, you know, I kind of, I happened to be the leadership uh, committee. I've been emphasizing, as a church, we got to do this. You know, they are strangers, you know, we got to take care of strangers. Their kids and wives are living as widows and orphans. God say, you got to take care of widows and orphans. And they, though they have a father, He's away. So, you know, they live like orphans and widows. We got to take care of them. God will be pleased when we do that. I've been emphasizing and I've been telling this, you know, leadership committee. And they took the word, literally took the word. And they spoke that. 680 churches leadership. And they say exactly what I said. 
I was so happy. I felt like God, is, God has used me. I, I believe that is a calling for present time. You know, I want to say this. God wants to use you. What do you think? Yeah, right? Someone will say, uh, are you sure? <laughs> Pastor Ken, you don't know my past. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not qualified. You may say that. None of us are qualified to be used by God. None of us. If you just give your life to Christ, He can take that. He can use that. It's not about us. It is all about Him. Last one. Uh, what is really important? What's really important? This question has to do with our value system. Where do you put your value on? For what do you live your life? Moses answered this question. We live according to how we answer to this question. This question makes us to set our priority. Look at the verse 26. He regarded this grace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures in Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. The word regarded means to weigh in the balance in Greek, consider the options, Evaluate the earth, to consider the value. Moses calculated. He calculated everything and discovered following God's will is far more valuable than living in palace as a prince. So he made the decision. What do you value the most? Let me ask the question again. What do you live your life for? If you don't have your own life value, other people can make the value for you. Did, did you know that? Do you know that? At the same thing, uh, same true to our time and our resources. We have to set a priority. And most people tend to pursue, I think, these three things, three Ps, pleasures, possession, and power. I want to feel good, pleasure. I want to make lots of money, possession. I want to be famous, value, power. You know, in worldly standard, most had everything, right? He had the power. He could, you know, please himself. Uh, he had possessions. But he made this decision to leave everything behind and be with Israel. Why? Because he had different value system. Moses knew God's purpose in his life. Same time, Bible said he was looking ahead to his new world. The, this word looking means, in Greek, continuous action. It's not just once you, you, you just, you know, spot it, once you see it. It's not that. You have to continually look, look upon. You probably heard this expression, your happiness is determined by your character. Your character is determined by your choices. Your choices are determined by your values. And your values are determined by your vision, what you have your eyes on. So happiness begins with what you see, what we perceive. And what do you see? Uh, I love this following verse says, he regarded this uh, 27. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. What did he see? Who is him? Jesus Christ, right? Isn't Moses the Old Testament person? Yeah. But he saw 
Jesus Christ, invisible God. He saw him. Uh, we have to see him. We better not take our eyes upon him. We better not. We have to continually look upon him. You know, recent trip, uh, I went to Philippines and I stopped by on the way, stopped by in Korea. And I, I uh, invited my younger sister. Uh, we both lost our mom three months ago. And since she was living with uh, my mom, our mom, uh, she was having you know, a harder time than other siblings, I guess. So I, I, I wanted to cheer, cheer her up, I invite her, you know, take her to a nice restaurant and you know, take her nice uh, you know, places. And, and I realized she was having a good time, but I realized I was so sad. The sadness was just, just, just there. Every single day, I try to kind of not think about, you know, mom, but she's constantly coming back. And I was sad. God, I'm sad. I try to, you know, cheer my sister up, but I'm sad. God do something. And I began to read the Gospels. You know, my reading was actually part was uh, supposed to be scheduled like Old Testament, but I started to read Gospel. Keep reading and reading and reading and reading. God was comforting me because it was Jesus who comforts me. And uh, brothers and sisters, I don't know what you are going through this day. Most of us having a hard time. Life is not easy, right? Life is difficult. But if we turn our eyes upon Jesus, He is the only one who can give us comfort. Therefore, we have to fix our eyes upon Jesus Christ. I want to end this message with this passage. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfect of our faith, for, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For Jesus Christ, let's pray. Lord, maybe some of us are going through difficult times in our journey, Lord, uh, I, I pray, Father God, uh, would you come and touch us, Lord? Would you come and touch us, Father God? Help us to fix our eyes upon you, Lord Jesus, because you are the only one whom can give the comfort and encouragement, Lord God. Lord, thank you for telling us the truth. We hear so many lies, but you are telling us the truth, who you are in Christ. Yes, indeed, we are your children, Father God. We have redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And you have called us, Father God, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. You have given us the purpose for this life, Father God. Lord, we want to be your instrument, Father God, to impact this generation. We don't look our past, but Father God, we want to... Go with you, Lord, with hands, hand by hands to impact this generation. Because it's, it's not all about us, but it's all about you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for giving us this precious generation so we can be, be served, Lord God. We can be servants of this generation. Our lives matter, Father God. Because you gave everything for us. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.